This podcast is brought to you by Electric Power Systems. EPS is a leading provider of high-power, scalable powertrains that are certifiable for electrified aviation. It develops energy storage systems, DC fast charging stations, and electric propulsion products for aerospace, defense, automotive, marine, and industrial traction industries. Welcome, everyone, today to the Aviation Renaissance with, you guessed it, Spencer and Spencer week. I don't even know anymore because I just don't know what day of the week it is either. So here we are this week. Uh, we have a great guest on. You already hear her laughing a little bit. <laughs> She's giggling. She's giggling. That's good. Uh, before we get into the show, we want to give a shout out to one of our partners and investors. That is JetBlue. Yes, the JetBlue. They have over 280 aircraft in their fleet right now, currently flying all across the United States. They go to Europe as well. I love their A320. It's a beautiful aircraft, but we want to give them a shout out because they did invest in electric power systems. It's been a couple months, Mm -hmm. uh, but fairly recently. So thank you to them. And today our guest on the show is Nicole Tuttle, right? Did I say that right? You did. So we always ask people what their title is because it changes so much. And 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 we kind of butcher it anyways. It's confusing. So Nicole, what is your title at EPS? Senior Manager of Human Resources. Does that mean there's a junior manager? Not yet. Oh. Or a medium, mid? Medium manager. Medium manager. Medium manager. How long have you been at EPS now? I have been there uh, just over six months. That's it. For a long time, we didn't have like a legitimate HR department. It's been it's been a challenge, but it's been a lot of fun and really exciting. So our average tenure of employees, just for a fun fact, is one year, four months. Wow. So for a company that's been around for six years, mm-hmm. is is that better average or below from? Well, I think it skews our average just a little bit because of how much we have hired mm, recently. That's right. And so that kind of takes that that down just a little bit, but that was just, you know, kind of an average number of 1.4 years as our average tenured employee. I beat the average. I'm just about two and a half. I didn't. You're a senior. I was talking (laughs) to, (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to Nate down at the uh, aeronautics conference that we were at last week. And he said that there are only 40 employees and we're at, what, 120-something now? 125 today. One, wow. 125. There are only 40 employees that have been here longer than two years. It's been, uh, hmm. I used to know everybody. Now I don't know anybody. You know, I find that to be an interesting statement because even Nate said, you know, he knew everyone because he would personally interview with the scaling and the growth rate that we are experiencing right now, it's been more difficult and challenging for that to happen. And I find even myself now is a little bit more removed from the onboarding process. And so I too am walking through the halls and going, Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) Did you start today? (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I mean the, the scaling has been rapid, but you know, it's really exciting to see how, well, everyone kind of fits together. When you take a small group of people and throw a bunch of new people into there, you know, socially experiments or experimentally, they don't always combine well, but mm-hmm. our group seems to fit really well together. 
I think it's because of the the culture and the values. And I know you can hear that in different country in, in different companies. This is our culture and these are our values and everything, but they actually do make sense and people take them to heart and apply them. Well, I think it speaks um, really to what EPS is at its core. Right. You know, those values really are what we are. And as you know, you recognize those uh, value awards that we give every quarter, mm -hmm. it can be challenging to find the winner for that quarter because we have so many really good examples of people exemplifying those values. And I think that really does speak to our culture and why it's so great to be part of this is because of, you know, I mean, it's not just about doing the job right or growing into what you think you want to grow into, but we really, really excel at elevating others. Mm. So let's, uh, let's, let's go back in time. Okay. Let's do it. It'll be a short jaunt because you're like, what, 29, 30 years old? <laughs> I was old? thinking the song Back in Time, you know, oh, okay. Back to the Future. I yeah. just had that in my head. Yeah. So let's go back to November 1988. It is, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, we usually so, start with random no, numbers, what, so no, you're that's right what on it. Theme. Back to the Future. I was trying to right. remember the date. Right. Something. Okay. It was 1985. So oh, let's let, let's you. go back to November of 1988. What was Nicole Tuttle doing in November of 1988? <laughs> oh my goodness, I have. Did no you idea. have big hair? I, oh, I did. Of course, I did. Of course, you did. <laughs> it was the 80s. Of course, I did. So I have um, naturally curly hair that is very very curly. You straighten it every day, then, don't you? Just about. Yeah. Yeah. You may have seen it occasionally. Mm -mm. Um, if you see me with curly hair, it's because I. Perhaps woke up late. <laughs> or <laughs> I'm just gonna take notes on that. Right. I'm, I'm glad that you sacrificed the hair straightening for a shower. Of course. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, but because of the naturally curly hair, it's just really big all the time. So I fit really well in the '80s. It was nice. That's why you live in dry Utah and not humid Florida. It's true. Could you look like Sideshow Bob off of The Simpsons? <laughs> it is very true. Okay. <laughs> All right, so where'd you go to school, college? Utah State. Oh. University. Uh, I, I know what Utah State is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hop, skip, and jump from here. Yeah. Like, almost literally. Almost, almost literally. So yeah. have you lived here in Cache Valley your whole life? I have not. So I have lived here for 14 years. We came mm -hmm. March 1st, 2008. Okay. Was when we, we moved here. Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Utah, though mm -hmm. I grew up in the Weber and Davis County areas. What part? Mostly uh, Roy when I was little, and mm -hmm. then uh, like the Layton, Clearfield, Clinton, Syracuse area. You said all of the T's mm -hmm. in those names. You said Layton. I did. Yes, I'm yeah. very, you know, some people like me <laughs> get lazy. Layton. Layton you know, or Clinton. Right? Just Clinton. Clinton, yes. I it's not somebody from Clinton. Hooper, it's Hooper. It's Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. I, yes, I was. I grew up near Hooper. I had a yeah, lot of friends really? in Hooper. I have a lot of family <laughs> lives down there. So, when did you go to school? Well, <laughs> I have a lot of degrees, so I oh. I go to oh. school a lot. Okay, <laughs> it's just a hobby of mine. Kind side of, hobby. kind of. I mean, so, I collect guns. Nicole collects degrees. It's kind of one of those. Um, inside jokes, I oftentimes don't have a lot of maybe um, common sense. Mm. So if I okay. do things, she said that so matter of fact. <laughs> well, if I do things that are a little bit airheady or 
flighty or something, my friends often like to point out and say, and you have how many degrees? So mm. It turns into a thing. No, my brother's the same way. He speaks like five languages fluently. Yeah. One of the smartest dumb people I know. Not a lick of common sense. But we're not talking about him right now. We're talking about Nicole. Well, I, I get that a lot, actually, too. It's like, You're the smartest dumb guy people know? Or I'm the dumbest smart person oh, okay. someone knows. Okay. So how many degrees do you have? This is fascinating. I didn't uh, know this about you, Nicole. Okay, let's see. She has One. to sit and think about it. No, you got to tell us what they are. Oh, okay. Wait, so wait, I, let her count first. Well, I want to start with the number, and then we'll go through. You go all the way back. So I have an associate's degree in marketing, if you want to count that. And then I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice administration. I have a bachelor's degree in law and public policy. I have a master's degree in human resource administration, and I have an MBA. I'm not smart enough to be in this room. Did you notice that she had two bachelors that had Mm -hmm. something to do with the law? Mm -hmm. And now she's in human resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was hmm. going to go to law school. I'm going to think twice was, about yeah. ever coming down to HR again. Well, she's smarter than you in law, HR, and in business because she also has an MBA. Smarter <laughs> than me in a lot of things because <laughs> I don't have any degrees. So, which one of those degrees was your your favorite one to get? Probably the criminal justice one. That and are fun. they all from USU? They are not. So, my okay. criminal justice one is from Weber State. Oh. That's where my mom got her nursing degree. Oh. That's where my mom, or my mom, that's where my wife went to school just uh, a, a few years ago. Yeah. Criminal it, justice. Yeah, I was, I was working at the sheriff's office at the time. Oh. Um, I was doing, investigating, um, I was a crime scene technician. Oh, and oh this so just got so good. That's how that started. So I, I went to get my degree then, and then that was going to lead into law school. So that process started, um, but then I ended up getting, I didn't know there was a bachelor's degree in law, so Utah State had that program. I joined that program and then spent some time down at the state legislature working in the Senate, the Utah State Senate, and then that led to human resources. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. You would, it sounds like a natural. Okay, no, no, no. We got to go. We're going to go back. We're going to get in the details here. I <laughs> yeah. want to know the details. So, okay. you're working as a crime scene technician. Didn't know that was a job title, by the way. Before you said that, that's awesome. So you get the criminal justice degree. Mm-hmm. Did you study for the LSAT? Did you have law schools you looked at? Did you go down yes. that crazy path? I did. I I took the LSAT. I applied at University of Utah. Hey, I'm a dumb guy. What's the LSAT? It is the entrance exam for the, for to go to law school. Okay, yes. thanks. I'm good. Continue your smart <laughs> conversation. I'll just sit here wait, and observe. Wait, wait, yeah. So the U, okay, as we call it here. Yes. Was there any other schools or? I only applied to the U because of my personal circumstances. Mm. Uh, I wasn't going to. It was much later in life. Um, my s- child was still in school. My husband wasn't really interested in packing everything up and going somewhere for me to chase law school. Mm. We were established. And so my option was U of U. And, and so I take it you, you didn't get accepted or you did? I did. I <gasps> opted not to go because at the time I was working at, in the Senate. Uh-huh. Um, and so I worked as the legislative assistant for 
quasi chief of staff. That was not my title. My title was actually legislative assistant to the appropriations chair for the Senate. And then I also assisted the majority whip. And so as part of that, I had access to a lot of attorneys because <laughs> most of the senators and representatives and the AG's office, I spent a lot of time there, the governor's office. Yeah. And so, you know, through some events and talking to people and just spending this time with them, a lot of them are lawyers and they talked me out of going to law school. It's because they didn't want competition and they felt threatened by you. No, that was or, not that's it. Ac- Wait, that's it, absolutely it was actually, what it is. You know, it was a good decision for me not to go mm-hmm. because I think how it worked out was the way it was supposed to work out. Mm-hmm. So I felt a little lost for a minute. And it took me about six months to kind of redirect and figure out, you know, what I was going to do. And but. five degrees. So... You, did they talk you out of it? This is actually really fascinating. My yeah. brother is a doctor, and he talks people out of going to medical school. Yeah. And in lawyers, it's even worse because isn't it like, I don't know, I last heard 30 to 40% of uh, attorneys who go to law school don't end up practicing law. Right. So they that's is that why they told you, or is it just because you were... No, it was, there was a lot of factors. So mm. it was kind of the stage I was at in my life and the cost that it was going to take. Um, to pay for school and then the time commitment and could I do that and take that time away from my family for three years? Um, you know, I had a mentor here at Utah State and she, um, through her PhD program, you know, she said she missed, it wasn't just a soccer game or a baseball game. You miss birthday parties and you mm-hmm. miss events of your children's and you miss anniversaries. So what, what was that dedication going to look like? And so I just, you know, you do a cost benefit analysis of that, you know, how was that going to look like? Was I going to get the return of that investment between, you know, the time away from my family and the cost of law school later in my career? Um, would I have the time to make that up? Did I want to dedicate that kind of time? So those were some of the questions I asked before getting into diving into that commitment. So those are the right questions. <laughs> I love those questions. Work-life yeah. balance. So criminal justice degree, mm-hmm. uh, working at the Senate, I'm assuming it was after this time you moved up to Logan to do, did you do the MHR MBA program at Utah State or did you do those I separately? I did do it here. Okay. I did it here, yes. Okay. And so were you working at the Senate when you decided to go back to school? No. So how that no. happened was, oh. was uh, I was finishing my undergrad degree in law mm-hmm. um, and got an internship at to go, you know, finish your final semester or whatever mm-hmm. down at the Utah State Legislature. Mm-hmm. And the senator that I was assigned to decided we connected really well and we worked really well together. And so he um, asked if I would stay on as his staff member Hmm. Um, after my internship and continue. So I did that and played a lot of part in politics, local politics up here. And um, the plan was law school at that time. Mm. So I was, I had quit my job at the sheriff's office at that point. Uh, They couldn't accommodate the leave for me to do the internship at the Senate. And so I had to resign at the sheriff's office. (sighs) That's okay. And then (laughs) (laughs) it it was, it was a great run, but um, then I finished my undergrad degree, was going to go to law school, changed my mind, and ended up with a graduate student program here. So you came to 
electric power systems from Cash Valley Transit Authority, right? I did. Cash Valley Transit District, yes. Mm-hmm. And you were working HR there? I was. How long did you work there? Five years. Wow, these are really short, concise answers. <laughs> <laughs> I worked for them for five years. Okay. Yeah. What, what made you want to come over to electric power systems? I, wow, that's a... <laughs> This is the Aviation Renaissance mm. sponsored by Electric Power right. Systems. Right. Nicole's thinking about this. This is good. Yeah. Wow, this when I found out about electric power systems, I was so um intrigued and excited. You know, HR is not really exciting on its surface, you know. I mean, so and you can do it really anywhere. Um the transportation mechanism was kind of the connection a little bit because, you know, on the website it talks about, you know, all the applications, not necessarily just the aviation piece of it. But I really was intrigued by it. And so when I was lucky enough to get my first interview and I met with um, CTO Mike Armstrong mm-hmm. and I also met with CEO Nate Millicum mm-hmm. and um, just listening to them talk about it, I was so excited when I left my first interview that I think I said something along the lines, like whether I get this job or not, I'm going to be like keeping an eye because I want to make to see where this goes. This is so Mm -hmm. exciting. And that's really what it was. And I I recall going home and telling my spouse, um, this is kind of like a dream job. Like this potential here is amazing because the opportunities are endless. And it's not just about, you know, personal opportunities or opportunities for growth within the organization, but rather like what we're doing has the possibility of changing the world. Mm -hmm. And to be a part of that at this level is amazing. I think it's Mm -hmm. that you bring up a good point about um, Nate and Mike's passion about it. It's, it's not false motivation. No. And they have that same enthusiasm and passion regardless of who they're talking to. That, that is true. But I also find this passion is with, Almost everyone that works mm-hmm. at Absolutely. EP Systems. Yeah. I mean, everyone here is so excited to just be part of it. And whatever my small role might be um, in seeing this come to, you know, its full potential, you know, I'm just happy to be part of it. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. It is. So, so to that point, we talked about values earlier in the conversation why do you think the people at EPS, because like we talked about, uh, there's 40 plus employees that have been around for longer than two years, and mm-hmm. Mr. Wright is one of them, but that still means 60% of us are new, you and I included. Why do you think that culture of being passionate, ambitious, excited is still happening today? That's a great question. Can I answer this while you think about your yes. answer? Mm-hmm. Please. I know... Um, the ones that have been there for longer than two years, I, I mean, it, it has been a lot of work. Um, multiple hats that people have to wear, multiple programs that program managers have to, you know, be in charge of and everything. And the new hires that come in are very passionate about it. And so they're accepted in because they are passionate. They're smart, driven, motivated people. And I think that when we do like our one-on-one interviews and the panel interviews with those individuals, we do it with people throughout the company, right? So I was on a panel interview for somebody that wasn't even hiring in my department. 
but they want everybody to be able to come in and interview a candidate and ask them about their values and what it is that they see themselves doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Did I take your answer? No, you did not take okay. my answer, but that's a great answer. Yeah. That is a really great answer. I think um, kind of one of the common pieces that I've noticed is that everyone here is really excited about just being able to contribute to make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the common thread. And that's what is, you know, we're willing to jump in and we're building functions. You know, we're building EP systems as we go. And so, um, yeah, there's a little bit of, you know, some hurdles. There's been some, some challenges, but it's all opportunities for us to grow mm -hmm. and to figure out what that's going to look like moving forward. And so what an opportunity for all of us. And I think that's that common thread that we share is that what EP Systems is doing is so exciting that we're all like really excited to see it happen. The people that we work with are incredibly intelligent and it's really fun to watch the process and watch them build something before our eyes. And so I think that once we finally see these planes up in the air and, and we see these things happening, just that, that sense of accomplishment and that sense of, I was part of that, mm -hmm. you know, gets to, I don't know if that drives anyone else, but it does me. I think it drives pretty much everybody at the company. And I think that's why we're able to have that common our, our culture stays intact regardless of, you know, the, the level of growth that we're experiencing right now. It's staying intact and it's because we have this common goal. We all want to achieve the common. Mm -hmm. We want to get to the finish line. It, it's interesting. Everything I, you both <laughs> said I agree with. And uh, I'm trying to figure out how to like word this. So in my, some of my trainings and education, they talk about the best way to grow yourself is in play. You ever hear about that? So when you're mm -hmm. raising kids, they say when kids play, that's when they're learning. That's when they're taking things in uh, or in the sandbox is another term. But I feel like we're all just in the sandbox. You, you come to EPS and you're in the sandbox and you say, well, here's my role, but it's not really defined. And you can just have this sandbox and make it what you want, right? You're building this new battery system. You're engineering this new thing, marketing. You're creating new content like the aviation renaissance Human resource, you're like growing a business. Crazy, you got to look at benefits. You need to look at uh, hiring people, culture, values. How do you improve? It's just all this time in the sandbox, and I love sandcastles and sandbox. So, sandbox has a totally different meaning to me than it does to you. Well, that's a whole other episode worth of content. But yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with that. I mean, it is so we could talk all day about it, but it's just being able to come, be new, and I. I think why everybody's motivated is because the future we get to define and there's so much growth and so much opportunity because you go to some previous companies I've been at like a GE, uh, your path is mostly set before you, right? Like this is your role, this is what you do and you kind of hope that that promotion comes or you hope maybe something will open up. Like you're, you're just, you're kind of waiting I feel like a lot of time like you're getting good at your job but when you're at EPS, you're like, man, the sky's the limit. I can go and do and get things done. It, it's just really exciting. I'm not getting a lot of like very definitive words, but I hope people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I, it, I know exactly what you mean. I started on the operations floor, a position opened up in quality. I moved to that. And then a new department in product support opened up and mm -hmm. I applied for that. And, and the opportunity for advancement, it may not even be what you were thinking is there. 
because we're building this company from the ground up and all of these unforeseen positions come open and somebody can see it and go, Hey, you know what? I qualify for that. I'm going to apply. Right. I love that about EP systems and, you know, like our pathways interns, right? They Mm -hmm. get to rotate through. Yes. You're going to school for maybe um, mechanical engineering, but you get to go spend some time doing electrical engineering or maybe some systems engineering or, something different and you might find that you have an affinity for that. Mm. You might fit really well in test. You never know, you know, what that might look like and, and how lucky could they be? I would have liked to have had, you know, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing happen. You know, when you were trying to intern and figure out, maybe I wouldn't have five degrees. Maybe I would have had it. (laughs) Should have just had one because she would have figured it out the first degree. I would have just went through my PhD program. Right. (laughs) Right. So, Work-life balance. I know in the time that I've been here, it's been a great work-life balance. I know that that we are extremely busy and we have a lot of work. Are those headphones bugging you, Nicole? They're just really big. Like I said, they, it's fine. He, the headphones are like adult sized, and so they're just a little. Yeah, large. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's okay. Next time you're on, I'll get kid size headphones. For you. <laughs> um, work-life balance has been something that's very, very important um, from the top down. It. It is there. I know that you like to do paddleboard yoga. I do like Whoa. to do paddleboard. When yoga. is the next time you're going out to do paddleboard yoga? And we should make it an EPS function. We could do that. I. This is another great thing about EP mm-hmm. systems that you know when someone has a passion that they love: tennis, pickleball, cycling. Paddleboard yoga. Paddleboard yoga. We can usually get a group of people that are like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'll do it. But he, Spencer just perked up when you said that. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah. I teach yoga. I'm into yoga. Never done it on a paddleboard, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's my, a good time. My guess is it's a lot h- harder. <laughs> I think either just regular <laughs> yoga or paddleboarding would be difficult for you. But combining the two together, I think it would be, be extremely difficult. It's it impossible. Yeah. Paddleboarding isn't that hard. So. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she didn't say paddleboard yoga to me. She just like, said paddleboarding mm. isn't that hard for somebody that does yoga that knows balance. She's like, Spencer, you need to focus on the paddleboard. Then mm-hmm. we'll get to the yoga. It's like, okay. Yeah. You also Let's have silky chickens. I do have silky chickens. How are your silky chickens? They are doing great. <laughs> they are doing great. So um, two of them are broody, but um, it's totally fine. It's good. We could use a break on some eggs. Yeah, but they got little tiny beaks, and they're little tiny, so you can just shoo them off and get their little tiny eggs. They are the cutest little chickens. So I have five of my own, and then we have one foster chicken, which I think we're going to end up adopting the chicken because... Um, it does not want to go back to its home. I think EPS needs to change their mascot logo from the chinchilla to a chicken. What, it's <laughs> First off, didn't know it was a chinchilla. The safety chinchilla. Second, there are so many people who are obsessed with chickens at EPS. It's kind of irrational. So I second that motion. Mm. I second that. You know, We're going to have to make it official. Yep. Community garden with some chickens, Ooh. and you know, we have enough land it's around the building. It's always on the, <laughs> the list of dreams, right? <laughs> yes. So, did I just hear you offer free eggs because you have too many? Is that is that the everybody listening? He, that's the invitation. Every time he comes over, he's like, "Do you got eggs for me? Right. Do you have any eggs? They're eggs so for me? good. They're so, so much better than store bought. You know, they're so good. 
You know, I think it's a weird transition for people who are not, you know, farm mm-hmm. people, I guess. So um, I not going to lie. I hesitated the first time we had our chickens and brought the eggs in and I was like, oh. And then you did and you were like, this is the best thing ever. Yes. But I will never buy my, a store My best friend's youngest son, who I guess is kind of my nephew at this point, we've, I've, you know, participated in his growing up. Um, he will not eat the fresh chicken eggs. That's we, we have to tell him that we got them from the store. It's his loss. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that was the wrong sound That was, effect. you were looking for this one. That is what I was going for, but okay, yeah. we will let it pass. Anyway. Yeah. Chicken, chickens are great, though. I really like having them. They're cute. Chicken TV in the morning is the best thing. Go outside with your coffee and watch them scratch and peck around. Oh, they're they're really cute. They'll um, come to us when you call them. Mm-hmm. They all have names. Yep. So they're great. What are their names? Oh, you were going to ask me that, right? Yes. <laughs> well, as soon as you said, I got to know. So we have Mazzy, Lizzie, Amanda, Helen, and Pam. Those are great names for chickens. <laughs> I have... And we haven't named the foster chicken yet, uh, so we still need to name her, but... I have Ashley, Adele, Betty, mm-hmm. and Natasha... Unfortunately, Mary, Kate, Marge, and Deb were killed by a raccoon. Oh. It's sad because Mary, Kate, and Ashley, also mm-hmm. when we got those two chickens, they had been in really horrible conditions, so they looked like they were strung out on heroin. That's why we called them Mary, Kate, and Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought maybe it's because they were twins. They were buddies. No, oh, no. that's not why. Oh, no. Why. They, <laughs> they looked, they were in horrible condition. Oh, but, darn it. I mean, Mary, they, they're great and healthy now. Well, Mary-Kate's not. She's dead. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're just about out of time. <laughs> okay. Well, Nicole. On, on the dead chicken story. On the dead chicken story. Me. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It's, you don't get off that easy. So <laughs> okay. um, final thoughts on EPS. I am so excited for this journey that um, I cannot stress enough how exciting um, presenting job offers is to people because I just want to tell them, you know, this is going to be the best decision. It's challenging. And, you know, there is a lot of dedication that you put into it. But um, my final thought is, is that EP Systems is going to be a a household name soon. And uh, those of us that are willing to help push this along and get this going um, really are going to be the ones at the finish line, you know, clapping and cheering this on. And so this is what I really appreciate is that how connected everyone is to this achieving this goal and just the support that we have from everyone. Everyone is, this is probably one of the best collective group of people that I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to get to know because of how how amazing intelligent, fun, and dedicated everyone is. So those are my final thoughts, is that I'm just really, really happy. You heard it from Nicole Tuttle, from Nicole. senior, senior. HR, HR manager. manager. Um, that's it for Thank today. You. Thank you for coming on, Nicole. Thanks for it's inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, go out, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, like us, share, comment, 
again, another shout out to JetBlue for being one of our partners. Uh, we're going to have a bright future with them. Go to our website, epsenergy.com. And if you're interested in meeting Nicole in person, person. you can apply under the careers page. We have a lot of job openings. We're looking for very talented, driven people. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. Tune in next week. This podcast was brought to you by Electric Power Systems. EPS is a leading provider of high-voltage, high-power, certifiable electric power systems for high-reliability applications. Its mission is to power transportation's electric renaissance by providing smarter, safer, more reliable, lighter, and certifiable batteries.